WCBN. Student-run radio voice of the University of Michigan. Licensed to the regents of the University of Michigan to serve in the public interest of the people of the state of Michigan. For when the famous explorer Filter Antoine LaRue wandered into the swamps that were to become Ann Arbor, he had but one goal in mind. A radio station that would rise above all others, reach to the heavens and enlighten mankind forever. So if you're loyal to Michigan, tune us in. WCBN FM Ann Arbor, 88.3 in Michigan.
the Gemini space flights. The trips are long. The training is hard, like this spacewalk practice. But the astronauts do some things you do. In space, they drank tang. They mixed it like this in a zero-g pouch, because with no gravity, it would fly all over. You don't have that problem. You can mix it in a glass. Up there, they have to drink it carefully, this way. You can drink it any way you like. Tang tastes orangey. Tastes great. Has lots of vitamins C and A. Tang, chosen for the Gemini astronauts. Have a blast. Have some tang. Good evening and welcome to Pandora's Lunchbox. This is our wolf in a few minutes early filling in for Mike. And tonight it's uh, food in space. Space food sticks and tang. Beginning, of course, with tang because they predate... Tang predates space food sticks by um, a little more than a decade, actually. Tang was formulated by General Foods Corporation food scientist William A. Mitchell in 1957. It's a little over 60 years ago. And first marketed in powdered form in uh, 1959. 1989? 1959, thank you. Sales of Tang were, well, it says poor, but I was thinking lousy, until 1962 when NASA Mercury astronaut John Glenn conducted eating experiments in orbit. You can imagine conducting eating experiments in orbit. Included on the menu of that historic mission was Tang. Now, according to an engineer who worked on the Gemini program, the reason Tang was specifically included in the astronauts' rations was, quote, there was a particular component of the Gemini life support system module which produced HTO, uh, H2O, that's water, among other things. This was a byproduct of a recurring chemical reaction of one of the mechanical devices on the life support module. (laughs) The astronauts would use this water to drink during their space flight. Mm, That sounds ominous. The problem was that the astronauts did not like the taste of the water because of some of the byproducts produced, which were not harmful, of course. So they added tang to make the water taste better. So, uh, frankly, I hope that if you are ever forced to consume water, uh, some of which was probably derived from your own byproducts, I hope to God you have some tang with you. Anyway, since then, it's been closely associated with the U.S. manned space flight program, leading to the misconception that tang was invented for the space program. Uh, the creator of Tang, William A. Mitchell, also invented Pop Rocks, Cool Whip, 
a form of instant set jello and other convenience foods. Tang has had immense economic growth since 1957. It's purchased in about 35 different countries all around the world. Methadone was once sold packaged with Tang. I'm not making this up. In an attempt by Philadelphia officials to stop people from injecting the drug into their bloodstream. Unfortunately, they underestimated the addicts who seemed to have no qualms about injecting the Tang methadone mix. <laughs> Let's just run some methadone and Tang right into the main line. Let's go. That's quite a concept. Um, even even wackier, uh, Tang, hydrogen peroxide, and hexamine are primary components of the explosive uh, known as HMTD, a, a fairly powerful homemade explosive, and people keep trying to commit terrorist acts with it. If you're going to commit terrorist acts, we ask you not to use Tang in the mixture. What, after all, would John Glenn think of that? This is our wolf mouthing off for Mike on Pandora's Lunchbox on WCBN-FM. I think it's time, uh, really, at this point, it's such a depressing uh, finish for that, that item about Tang. Maybe we need to talk about space food sticks. What do you think? Today, the United States is engaged in a gigantic effort to send men to the moon. For this effort, Pillsbury has developed many special foods. Here is the first one to be made available to the public, space food sticks. To meet the demands of a long space flight, space food sticks had to be a compact, nutritious, high energy food. That's why they make the perfect between meal energy snack. Energy for hard play, energy for hard work, lasting energy to feel alive. If that sounds better than some of the things your family fills up on between meals, you should try space food sticks for good nutrition and lasting energy in a chewy, tasty snack food. Chocolate, caramel, and peanut butter, about 44 calories, at your grocer's next to the instant breakfast section. Space Food Sticks, the energy snack from U.S. Aerospace Research and Pillsbury.
Thank you very much. That was uh, the Hal Wilner Presents team giving us uh, their rather uh, pixelated interpretation of Open Letter to Duke by Charles Mingus from the album Weird Nightmare. And there was also an 
a visitation from Ornette Coleman from the soundtrack of Naked Lunch. This is Pandora's Lunchbox, a show about culture and food and culture and other things. Our wolf filling in for Mike. And as promised, we have a special report for you now. We got Tang out of the way. It's a good appetizer. Let's talk about space food sticks. You've heard commercials for both products courtesy of the internet, but now <clears throat> we have something very special here. This is an actual press release dated November 6, 1973 from the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, Johnson Space Center, Houston, Texas. New food for third Skylab mission. Something new, a high-energy food bar has been added to the menu for the Skylab astronauts who may spend as many as 85 days circling the Earth in the first manned mission aboard America's first space station. The final Skylab crew of Gerald Carr, Dr. Ed Gibson, and William Pogue is scheduled to be launched aboard a Saturn uh, IB, is it, from the Kennedy Space Center on November 10th. This is 1973. The scheduled 60-day scientific data-gathering expedition includes observations of the Sun, the comet Kohutek, the Earth, and man himself. I don't know which man they're talking about, but as well as sources of other scientific and technological experiments aboard the 100-ton orbiting space laboratory. The mission is scheduled for 60 days, with the option of extending it for as long as 85 days, depending on their supply of space food sticks, of course. The new food is actually an offspring of a food bar developed jointly by NASA, the U.S. Air Force, and the Pillsbury Company. The bar is a modification of the commercially available Pillsbury food sticks. Uh, The reason they're called food sticks here is because as the... uh, in the 1970s, as the space program um, declined in popularity, not only because of budgetary cuts, but because of, I like to think, Gil Scott Heron's poem uh, and recording, Whitey's on the Moon, Pillsbury decided to stop calling them space food sticks. They just called them food sticks. But that's kind of boring, so... Uh, We're talking about space food sticks. Really cool. I actually had one of those things in, uh, I think the last time I had a space food stick was in 1970. I think my my folks bought one package of them. A space food stick, as I recall, was something like a, a, a very oddly emulsified Tootsie Roll and highly overrated. But actually it had uh, it had more nutritional value than than candy. Um, and that was the idea, right? And now, of course, there's a multi-billion-dollar energy bar industry that has has its roots in space food sticks. Anyway, back to the um, <clears throat> the press release from 1973. The crew will eat these food bars space food sticks, every third day, along with the regular Skylab food items. There are three types of bars, space food sticks, chocolate chip, 
crispy, and flake. You don't see what kind of flakes are in there. It could be uh, metal flakes, for all we know. And each of these is coated with one of three flavors. Vanilla, chocolate, or strawberry. This offers a total of nine different types of bars. Fascinating. The bars are two by four inches in size and weigh approximately 55 grams each. I wonder what the street value would be. Dr. Norman Heidelbau of the NASA Johnson Space Center Houston said that each bar is nutritionally complete, contains 300 calories each. This, uh, in retrospect, people have said that guy should probably be prosecuted for uh, some kind of uh, uh, perjury or something. Uh, no, they, they did not have that much uh, nutritional value. Requirement for the additional food bars, space food sticks, came as a result of the possible extension of the mission to 85 days. There is adequate Skylab food aboard the workshop to provide meals for 56 days. Dr. Heidelbau said we turned to the Pillsbury Bar as a means of providing a tasty and nutritionally balanced food, sick, without adding excessive weight to the command module. Which is why they don't have them eating ball bearings up there. 159 pounds of additional food has been placed aboard the command module to permit a possible mission extension of 28 days for a total mission duration of 85 days and to provide 10 days of food for an end-of-mission rescue capability. 75 pounds of Skylab-type food. Have you ever had Skylab-type food? I think I did it on Amtrak once. 75 pounds of this stuff has been included to ensure a more normal diet more normal than a space food stick, in other words, with the required variety for maintenance of a balanced menu. 392 bars, which weigh 59 pounds, have been added as a high-calorie as high-calorie supplements. Wait a minute. A 59-pound space food stick? I'm getting very confused. These bars will be consumed by the crew every third day of the mission in combination with normal Skylab food. I hope you're keeping track of these numbers. You could, you could probably play these numbers. The 28-day mission extension would require approximately 233 pounds of Skylab food to be launched in the command module. Who wrote this? 25 pounds of the high-calorie bars have been included for the 10-day rescue capability. An example of the every-third-day menu is breakfast. Flake bar, sausage... Grapefruit drink. That's breakfast. Lunch. Chocolate chip bar. Crispy bar. Pork and potatoes. Dinner. Crispy bar. Beef hash or chicken and gravy. And mashed potatoes. They give you a choice here. Snack. It's an after-dinner snack. Chocolate chip bar. Dried apricots. And spaghetti with meat. That's a snack. The uh, Skylab 4 crewmen have started on the planned in-flight diet during their 21-day pre-flight period and will continue on the diet for 18 days post-flight. It sounds like punishment. Uh, Prior to the start of the controlled 21-day pre-flight period, the Skylab 4 crewmen ate samples of the high-density food to ensure crew acceptance 
and to preclude any potential individual problems with gastrointestinal compatibility. Thank you, NASA. The interesting uh, footnote to both Tang and Space Food Sticks is both products were um, brought back by popular demand or by demand of of small uh, groups of people who regarded them as uh, nostalgia food. There's even a Society for the Preservation of Space Food Sticks. I also noted in my research, and I really did research this today, I hope you can tell, I noted in my research that in, I think it was 2007, whoever had brought Tang back, and of course they're doing the uh, the horrible, the horrifying of postmodern thing and, and having different flavors of Tang. Cut it out, man. Tang is orange, all right? But they, uh, with Tang, in 2007, they decided, I think it was Kraft Foods bought this thing. I'm sorry to even mention that name, but they... they uh, they decided that they should offer a sugar-free tang, which is probably the scariest thing I've said to you in the past half hour. Um, aspartame, God only knows what's in there. But they, uh, within four years, by 2011, they had eliminated sugar-free tang. My uh, hunch is that uh, they had to do this because they learned that people were using it as insect repellent or something. Space food sticks and tang. Very important cultural, socio-political news from Pandora's Lunchbox and WCBN FM Ann Arbor. My name's R. Wolf. I've been giving this annoying report for about 23 minutes now. Filling in for Mike, who I hope has his feet up. I have told Mike, put your feet up. Have a glass of Tang. Or maybe something uh, actually more nutritious. Have some avocados. Avocados are good for you. And listen to your radio. The... uh, Switched on Ride of the Valkyrie, by the way, that we heard was um, created by someone by the name of Kurd Duka. I'm not kidding. C U R D D U C A. And this uh, space sounds here, these are actual radio waves from other galaxies gathered and, um, and released on a, uh, an album by Dr. Fiorella Terenzi. The perfect, the ideal backup background bed for this report on space food sticks and tang.
as you've probably figured out, you've got WCBN-FM Ann Arbor. My name's Arwolf, and it is time now. You can hear the, uh, the CD player grinding away. It's a very interesting noise. Come on now. Don't chew it up. We'd like to present now another program. This is the fourth program in a row. Uh, and it's an entire show about you. Uh, every song on our playlist has you in the title. I bet you didn't realize there were so many songs about you, whoever you may be. And we'd like to open this program tonight with a, uh, an actual recording of Speckled Red made in Chicago in April of 1930. And he's performing our present-day national anthem. You've got the right string, baby, but the wrong yo-yo. Ha, ha, ha. 